Well, good morning, everyone, and uh, happy Labor Day. Um, I'm glad you guys are here. Uh, my name's Chris, and uh, we're so grateful you chose to hang out with us. If you would, I'd like you to pull out this card. Uh, this is our Connect card, and if you could uh, fill that out, uh, that would be great. And uh, at the end of the celebration, uh, we'll collect these. Or you also, if you want to, uh, you can fill that out online uh, by just going to our JAR app, and uh, you can fill the card out there as well. Um, next week, we're beginning a brand new series on confidence. And uh, there was a uh, little uh, card in your uh, program. And so if you could, if you could invite somebody, that'd be great. Everybody wants to get a little bit more confident uh, in life in general. And so next week we'll be talking about that. And so uh, hope that you will uh, invite some folks and uh, to enjoy that. Well, as a baby, our uh, oldest daughter, Jordan, was all about eating and eating fast. She always wanted to eat very fast. And so when food was in front of her, it was a race to see how fast she could down it. And um, I remember we used to always have to uh, go ahead and... uh, take her shirt off because she would eat so fast and it would go everywhere and we wanted to clean her uh, well enough to do uh, that and so uh, we took uh, we would take her shirt off and um, one particular weekend uh, my wife had a conference that she was attending and I had solo duty on watching Jordan now I thought it was going to be a fairly easy weekend And I only had to call Jennifer once, twice, ten times. But anyway, uh, I thought that it was a success. And I remember on Friday night uh, feeling pretty good about everything. Everything went very smoothly. And I thought to myself, you know, watching an infant is not hard at all. I don't know what the big deal is. And then Saturday morning came. And it was a very different story. When Jordan woke up, she was not happy. She was hungry. And so uh, Jen had trained me on the whole bottle thing and to make sure that it was nice and warm. And so as I got ready to give it to her like this, the kid actually took the bottle and goes, (laughs) and puts it in her mouth, and she downs the bottle. Uh, I didn't know what to do next, but I'd always seen Jen take these little puffs and put them on her tray, and so I put those on her tray, and then she started eating all of that. And I remember looking at her and saying, Jordan, you've got to slow down. You're going too fast. And she couldn't speak a word, so she just kept eating more and more and more. And eventually, this process took about 30 minutes where she just ate nonstop. And I kept saying, Jordan, you've got to slow down. And finally, we were done eating, and then she took a nap. And while she was taking her nap, I felt this little prompting from the Holy Spirit that said, Chris, you need to slow down too. But it wasn't with eating. It was with the pace of my life. You know, those two words, slow down, are two of the hardest words, I think, for any of us, to apply to our life. 
and they become even harder to accomplish as we go through life. I mean, they're really difficult and hard to be consistently a person who has great pace and balance in my life. And so this kind of leads us to our big idea that I want to talk about this morning. It'll come on the side screen, and this is what it says. When we slow down, we actually accomplish more. When we slow down, we actually accomplish more. Now, if you don't get all that filled in right now, you can do it on your app as well, but we'll bring it back up. But I want to ask you a question. Anybody know what this is a picture of? This is the Sistine Chapel. And it is the most famous painted place and space in the world. Michelangelo, when he painted this, it took him four years to do this. Four years. Folks, when we slow down, we can accomplish more. Last week, my wife and I uh, were invited by some friends to go to a concert down at Ruoff Outdoor Music Center. I'm always going to call it Deer Creek, but anyway, uh, it's Ruoff. And uh, we listened to a great band called the Avit Brothers. And uh, one of their songs was called No Hard Feelings. And so I was talking to my buddy who had invited us to the concert, and I said, hey, um, you know, seems like people know that song. He said, yeah, it took them 10 years to write it. Not one year, not two years, not seven, not eight, not nine, but 10 years to write it. And when they started singing this song, No Hard Feelings, it was almost like a spiritual experience that some people were having, and they were like lifting their hands up in the air. And I started thinking that it took 10 years for them to write that, because sometimes, folks, when we slow down, we actually accomplish more. Anyone know who this is? This is Serena Williams. She just killed her sister on Friday, by the way. And uh, Serena has won 23 Grand Slam titles. She's second all-time. And no doubt she'll have the all-time Grand Slam titles uh, before she retires. And throughout her career, though, there have been several times in which she's taken breaks, where she's pulled back, where she hasn't participated in tournaments. Her dad actually started this with her early on where both sisters would not play in certain things and people would get upset, but he wanted them to have some space and place, and so he would pull it back. And she's continued to do this herself for personal reasons, injuries, and most recently, she just had a baby. Uh, Venus was giving her a hard time. This time it should be better because that's not two-on-one. She was actually pregnant uh, when she played the Australian Open. And most people who are professional Tennis players, they're on the court all the time. They never take breaks. They never slow down. But Serena has found a way to realize that if she wants to be the most successful she can, that she has to pull back. Because when we slow down, folks, we do accomplish more. You know, for many of us in this room, we are going at a Mach 10 pace. Uh, we're going at a very frantic pace in our life. We're stressed out, we're worn out, we're burnt out, 
because we think that if we go faster, that will accomplish more. So for the rest of our time, what I simply want to do is to take you through kind of four action steps to combat busyness in your life, which is part of the complexity of life in general, that we just get too busy. It's the number one four-letter word that we use. People ask you, how's it going? Busy. I'm just busy, 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 busy. I'm busy. So let's start with the first thing that you could do that I'd encourage you to uh, be able to slow down the busyness. And the first thing is just say no. That for some of us, the hardest thing that we ever do is say no because we're at such a frantic pace and we say yes to a lot of things and we keep going faster and faster and faster. And it all points back to our inability to say this two-letter word in O. No. We say yes to everything and to everybody because we want to be liked. When we say yes to people, they like us more. We're more engaged with them, and so there's this sense of love. I mean, when we say yes to other people, they become happy. They're happy with us. They want to be around us, and so... We say yes. Now, the reason why we say yes is different, though, depending upon your age. So when you're in your 20s, you say yes to please the people around you. When you're in your 30s, you say yes to please the people, but you do so because you think, if I say yes, I'll get a promotion or a raise or some kind of benefit. When you're in your 40s, you realize that people you've been saying yes to really don't care about you anyway. It's one of the things I'm learning in my own life. Uh, I'm in my 40s, and so if I say yes, it's often they don't really even care that I say that. They only care about themselves. When you're in your 50s and your 60s, you forget the names of the people that you actually said yes to, okay? When you're in your 70s, you forget your own name, okay? And then when you're in your 80s, like my dad, you just say yes every time they say, hey, there's a buffet that's opening up over here. You know, a lot of people, what they do is they wake up at the end of their life and they wish they would have opened up a can of no on some people around them, but they didn't. Because every time that you say yes to something, guess what? You're saying no to something else. Every time that you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. Two months ago, I got a text from one of my best friends, and he and his wife wanted to uh, meet us in a couple of months to uh, actually go out to eat with our two families. And uh, I love him, and I love his wife, and their two girls, and it was a no-brainer. We said yes. And they said, well, it's on August 24th when we're going to do this, and I thought, no problem. But I didn't look at my schedule. And on Thursday was when we were going to that concert. Saturday, we were going to a Colts game and had a soccer match. And because uh, my daughter's soccer match got canceled, it actually got moved to Sunday afternoon. And by the end of the time that we were on that weekend, I wish I would have said no to my friend on Friday night. Because it was just too much. There was too much going on. Folks, it's easy to say no to the bad things, 
That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about begging God for wisdom to say no to the many, many good things in our life so that we might say yes to the best of them. Because when I say no to the many, many good things in life, what I do is I leave space for me to say yes for the best things, the incredible things, the things that God really wants me to do to bring him honor and glory. I must say no to many, many good things so that I can say yes to the best things. Now, I know how difficult it is for some of you to say no. And so uh, what I decided to do is that we're going to have a little no exercise uh, this morning, okay? So turn to the person beside you, okay? One of you is going to ask a question, and the other person is simply going to say no, okay? So here's our question. So ask this question to the person beside you, and then the other person say no, okay? So go ahead. Okay, I think you talked more than just the question and saying no, okay? Um, now, why should we say no to this question? Because the best thing you could do is say no. Why? Because they've already put the water up, okay? And so if you left right now, you'd be wasting time to go get a water, Okay? Now, I realize that some of you were not able to say no. You just asked the question. So look at the person beside you. If you didn't say no to them and just go, no. Okay? Go ahead. Just tell them. Just say no. Okay? (laughs) Friends, what I want to do is just come across to this point and say this. It's okay for you to say no. I don't know if you realize this or not, but Jesus said no many times throughout his ministry. There was one time, in fact, that he was being pushed to go to a certain festival by his brothers. Jesus had brothers and sisters, and the family's trying to get him to go to this festival. And he's very blunt, and this is what he said. Go on to the festival. My time hasn't yet come. I am not going. How many times have you ever felt like you got kind of roped in by the family to go do something? And if you would have just said no at the very beginning, it would have been so much better. And Jesus didn't have a problem saying no. You see, Jesus said no to the good things so that he could say yes to the most important things. He was 100% God and 100% human. And so in his humanity... He actually had some limitations. He needed time alone. He needed solitude. He needed time to reflect and refresh. He needed space for greatness. Some of you, as you step back and you look at your life, you're just saying yes to constant activity. But you've been saying no to God in some of his ways. Because you're always, being, uh, because you're always saying yes to activity. So today, a real biggie for many, many of us is to simply take action on busyness by saying no, N-O. A second action step to eliminating busyness is to turn it off. To actually turn off busyness 
to turn off the noise and to take time to spend in silence. One habit that actually contributes to a healthy soul, to a healthy life, and moves us away from busyness is actually silence. We need silence to grow spiritually. But many of us don't like silence. We always have something going on, noise around us all the time. We don't know why it is, but we have to have noise to be able to function. For example, you wake up in the morning to this. Right? And then some of you are snoozers. You just keep hitting snooze 500 times, don't you? Uh, my wife and I, we, we have very different patterns. When I hear that noise, I went off and I'm ready to get up and start my day. She likes for that to simply be like the beginning of the waking up process. And it can go off for, you know, a half hour hitting that. And then typically what happens is we hear that noise, we watch TV, we listen to a radio. If uh, we have a spouse, uh, they snore, and so we hear that noise. We get in a car, we hear more noise. We go home, and there's human noise of arguing and bickering. Then there's electronics that get louder and louder. Even when we go for a walk or we go for a run, what do people do? They put headphones on, earbuds, because they don't want to hear nature. And you know how messed up we are? Then we buy CDs and other documents or other kind of items to put into our house to make us relax. That our nature sounds. We're psycho. That's what we are. Let me just say, God often reveals himself and he communicates to us most in silence. God doesn't like to compete over ESPN or the Bachelorette. He is constantly wanting to have a moment with us, but he often speaks in very gentle whispers. There's a story about a guy by the name of Elijah in the Old Testament, the second half of the Bible. And uh, he did some incredible things for God. And then one day he kind of gets scared and he runs away from God, just like many of us do when we have fear, we walk away from God. And God continues to pursue him, though, and meets him finally one day on a mountain. And the Bible says this, Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go stand in front of me on the mountain. I will pass by you. Then a very strong wind blew. Surely that had to be God. It caused the mountains to break apart, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. Surely in a fire he's there, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a quiet, gentle voice. I love that picture of God's voice. God didn't have a roar. He had a still, small voice. 
You know, sometimes I wonder how many times I have missed listening to God simply because I've had way too much noise going on in my life. And I wonder maybe how many times you've missed out on God speaking to you, helping you in a certain way because you were surrounded by noise. And so this is a challenge. Turn off the noise. So let me give you a couple of practical examples. One of the things is, is that you could actually take this device right here, and this is going to shock some of you, but you could turn it off and put it there, and it will stay there. This past summer, my wife Jennifer and I were uh, driving in a car coming back from vacation. And as we were thinking about vacation, how relaxed we were, we were like, hey, we want to create some moments like this with our family as well. And she said, hey, I got a great idea. I said, okay. She said, uh, you know, we have small group two Mondays each month. And she said, on the off Mondays, I want us to do what's going to be called a bunch family night. And she said that when she was growing up as a kid, one of the parents of her friend that she valued the most, every Monday night, they would actually make a meal together as a family, and then they would eat the meal together, and they wouldn't watch TV or anything else, but they'd play board games or lawn games like croquet and uh, lawn darts and different things that, for some reason, we don't even turn to, uh, cornhole, other things. And she said what was so fun was that I always looked forward to going on Monday nights because my family wasn't doing that. But when we went to that family, to the Gerbers, it just felt so awesome. And you could tell that the family slowed down enough to where they could really hear each other's hearts. So this past Monday, we started Bunch Family Night. We ate around the table as a family. We talked to each other the whole time. Shiloh and I played Jordan and Jennifer in a game of sequence. If you've ever played that, you get a card and then you get these little gambling chips to put on there. And we put those on and Shiloh and I lost because they cheated. And we played that game multiple times, and we just had fun. And then they played this wedding game that I wasn't as hip on. And uh, there was no electronics. There were no devices. And uh, finally, uh, I didn't take a call the entire day, but Jen did. She got one text, and she looked at it, and all three of us gave her a mean, dirty look. And we shamed her enough to where she gave it up. I just wonder what that would do with your life this week if you have a family and you chose to do that or you got some friends and you invited them over. And so on bunch family nights, if people come over, that's what we're going to do to try to regain some sense of connectedness as a family. Now again, 
The other thing some of you could do, honestly, you could take this device and just for two hours, two times a month, you put it away and you don't touch it. You don't text. You don't hear the ding. Oh, gosh, who on Facebook you know, just showed me a picture of their toenails? You know, I mean, like, hey, I, that's what I need, you know. And you're going to be shocked by this. I did some research this week. There is not a single person who has ever died from not immediately responding to social media. There's not a single death. You can do it. I mean, the truth is, we, we thought technology was to make our lives simpler. But it actually has just created more busyness in the midst of that. And kids, especially teenagers, they get stressed out. Oh man, i got to respond quickly because if I don't, and what does that do? And all of a sudden we have all the technology around us to make life simpler and yet we seem more stressed. Because every time we hear the ding, we got to respond. Folks, you want a less busy life? I'll give you two words. Turn off! Just turn off whatever that device is. Turn off your phone, turn off your iPad, turn off your computer, turn off the TV. I mean, you make a decision to just turn off these devices occasionally. Now, I'm not saying you always have to turn them off. I'm not saying, hey, the jar's going to become Amish, okay? (laughs) But we can learn a lot from the Amish on what it would mean to simply slow down Because when you slow down, folks, you really do accomplish more. And you grow spiritually when you reduce the noise level in your life. Okay, here's a third way to take action on busyness, and it is to leave some room. To leave some room. I read a book uh, several years ago called Margin. And the whole point was this concept of having margin in your life is very important. And what margin means is that you leave some room more than, check this out, more than you really need. You just don't schedule everything back to 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 back, and then you're stressed out at the end of the day. And for me, this is a growing area in my life. Some of us, though, we are incredibly arrogant, and so we schedule our day from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed because we think that is the best use of our time. And what happens is is that so often we don't leave any space for God, no space for divine appointments, no space for God to say, you know, actually, I don't want you to do this today. I want you to do this instead. And some of us need to realize that to leave space, you've got to actually schedule space, free space, in your calendar. I don't do this all the time, but typically on Wednesdays, I try to schedule some space in the morning so I'm not as overwhelmed for the rest of the week. And so this Wednesday, I scheduled some space, and we're, I'm walking, I dropped the girls off at school, and I'm walking out, and there's a mom who uh, my wife and I have been reaching out to, and she wanted to talk to me. 
And I probably talked for 10 or 15 minutes, which most of the time I would have hurried just to get in my car and take off. But there was a moment because I gave myself some space. And then when I got home from that, I took some time to go on a run and listen to my head buds. And then had a sense of God speaking a couple times as well. And then because I had space in my life, I had lunch with a businessman that I uh, didn't know very well. And as he and I sat there, he actually told a story about his wife who had been married to for 30 years and she had died of cancer and how his whole life had turned upside down but how he had started dating a woman and then they recently got married and he was living down in Indy now. And he was telling me about his three stepdaughters and how much he loved them and a conversation had I not given some space. Now, folks, like I said, I'm still learning the importance of margin because on Friday, I scheduled myself very, very tight, and we had some friends of ours that were going to come over, uh, and they were going to bring some pizza, and we were going to eat at our house, and uh, they said, hey, we've got to pick our kids up at Albany, and then we're going to stop by Little Caesars, and in my mind, I'm thinking, you know what? I've got plenty of time. I don't need to be there at 6.30. I can wait till 6.45. And then at 6.41, I get a phone call from my wife. Where are you? Because I didn't put any margin into my schedule and I was 15 minutes late. So I'm still learning myself, but in the culture that we live in, folks, it doesn't cry for margin at all. And so we need to beg God for wisdom, not human wisdom, but God wisdom on how to have some margin in our life. I love this scripture. It says this. A wise person does the right thing at the right time. That's what I want to be. I want to be the kind of person who does the right thing at the right time. To have space for people. Space for peace. Space for the unexpected. Space maybe for God working in my life. Like I said, I want to be very practical this morning because some of you, you walked in today somewhere between 1040 and to 1055. Some of you walked in later than that, and we know who you are, okay? Now imagine that you lived a life, though, in which you said, you know what, it takes me 20 minutes to get to church, to do everything I need to do, to leave the house, to get to the parking lot, to get some coffee or a donut. It's going to take me 20 minutes, but what if you said, shocking, what if you said, I'm going to give myself 30 minutes. What would happen? A 50% margin of the 20-minute trip. But what if you did that? What would it look like? Maybe you wouldn't be yelling at your kids when you walked in or at your spouse or the people around you. Maybe you wouldn't be flipping somebody off in the parking lot, okay? One time a guy came up to me and he said, uh, Pastor, I didn't flip you off. I just said that you were the number one pastor in Munson. You know? Again, folks, we have our eyes on some of you. And maybe rather than swearing beyond your breath and just trying to get here, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, now let's sing and take communion, you would actually slow down enough and give yourself a little bit more margin. So I just want to encourage you today to leave some room. 
Just imagine what it would do. Because when you slow down, you actually accomplish more. Last thing. Recognize when enough is enough. Recognize when enough is enough. Folks, until you recognize in your life that enough is enough, the other three ideas that I gave to you, you're not going to be able to accomplish. We we pour fire on the fuel of busyness when we don't address the important question, when is enough enough for you? Enough relationships, enough commitments, enough salary, enough toys that I keep paying for, enough stories, enough stuff. Have you ever stopped to think, when is enough enough. The reason that our lives so often get so complex and complicated and busy and cluttered is because we haven't answered that question. And so for the past 15 years, God has been working with me on this area. One area of my life that I think uh, I do a pretty good job of is that he's been teaching me that I don't need more, I just need enough. I don't need more, I just need enough. Because what will matter at the end of my life is not how much stuff I have. What's really going to matter is did I love God and serve Him and did I love and serve other people? Here's two scriptures that challenge me. First one's in Proverbs 30. It says this, First, help me never to tell a lie. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. God, give me just, what's the word? Enough to satisfy my needs. And 1 Timothy 6, 8 says this. So then, if you have food and clothes, that should be what? Enough. Folks, please, please, I'm telling you, consider when is enough enough for you. Because when you haven't answered that question, there's always more to do, more to buy, more to gain, more to go after. Another question you might ask is, is the pace I'm living the way I want to be living? Is the current pace that I'm living my life the way I want to be living? Can you really experience a sustained, deep-level relational intimacy with the people around you at the pace that you're going? Can you really know what's going on in the heart of a friend, a heart of a kid, a heart of a grandchild, a heart of your spouse when you're always busy? Again, folks, I'm not an expert in this area at all. I'm still learning myself. But this is the reality. I really, really do want to get better at this. I mean, I want to be different, and I hope many of you will join me in being a part of knowing how to take care of the busyness in our life. Now, one of the ways that some of you would need to do this is simply by asking, where are you at with God? Because maybe today much of the relational busyness that you have going on is because you haven't been connecting with God that much. Or maybe ever. 
until you don't have this genuine relationship, until you feel the stress and burnout, because your life is on a very fast pace. You might simply say, God, I don't fully understand you or life with you, but God, it seems like there's a calmness in people who know you really well, and I want a relationship like that. Or maybe some of you are here this morning and you simply need to recommit your life to God because other things have become your God. Busyness has become your God. Achievement has become your God. Possessions have become your God. And maybe you just simply need to recommit and say, God, help me to remove busyness from my life. God, I want to simplify the way I live. So this is what I want to challenge you to do. This week, I'd like you to look at these four things that we just talked about and pick one of those that you would go after this week. Not all four. Don't try to, you know, go after all of them because if you do all four of them, you won't do any of them. But maybe for some of you, you simply need to say no. For others of you, do you need to turn off the noise and put away the cell phone or start a family night? Maybe you just need to leave some room in your life for margin so that your schedule isn't so crazy. Or maybe you need to recognize today when enough is enough. Maybe you need to get rid of some stuff so you don't have to keep paying for your storage unit and you can actually simplify your life. And this is kind of how I'd like to challenge you to close. When you walked in, you got a little brown paper bag like that. I'd like you to pull it out just for a second. If you didn't get one, just raise your hand and one of our greeters can get that for you. But this bag is a bag of simplicity. When people carry one of these bags, they say that they're brown bagging it. And what that means is that you actually are slowing it down. It means bare bones. It means simplicity. It means no busyness. Now, many of you, when you go to lunch this week at your workplace, you will leave as fast as you can from the parking lot to a fast food place, and they won't be fast enough for you. And just like Jordan, you'll get your food and you'll just, you'll just scarf it down. Now, maybe some of you, you actually eat with somebody every single day. And so you rush to find where they're at and you eat real quickly and then you go back. Some of you, you don't even take lunch, do you? Because you got way too much going on. You just ignore it. You don't do it. So this week, what I'd like you to do is to take your brown paper bag, pack it the night before, put it in the fridge, and the next morning when you get up, your brown paper bag will already be full, and you have lunch with God this week, where you pull yourself aside. And you take some time with him, maybe 10 minutes, where you ask the question, Lord, show me where you want me to simplify my life. And ask him to help you to have the courage to actually do it.
whatever he says. Listen and obey. Let's pray. God, I really do ask and pray that you would help us to go after one of these action points this week. Maybe for some people, they simply need to say no to something so that they can say yes to the best things. Maybe for others, they need to turn off one of their electronic devices, put their cell phone away, turn off the TV and listen to that still small voice. Maybe others need to add some margin into their life like I'm challenged to do. To leave more room than what I actually need so that I can go through life with a peaceful pace. Maybe others need to look at all of their stuff and realize, you know, when is enough enough? And so I pray, God, that people would take one of those and go after it this week. And one lunch this week, that they would brown bag it and simply take a moment to pull away from the busyness of this world to enjoy lunch in a brown paper bag connect with the God of the universe who loves them so much. Because God, we were not created to be human doings. We were created to be human beings. And so help us this week, God, to simply have some time to be with you this week. I pray this in Jesus' name. Hi, everybody. Um, maybe today, as you were listening to Chris teach, um, something he said impacted you. And, and maybe you're thinking, you know, today I really need to say yes to God. I want to start a relationship with him. Or maybe you've had a relationship with him, but you've walked away and you want to come back today. So if that's you, um, Scotty is back there in the corner, and she would love to pray with you today when you leave and give you the opportunity to begin that relationship with God um, and just kind of celebrate that with you and give you a Bible if you don't have one. Um, so I encourage you to just head back there um, after church if that's you. Well, Chris had mentioned this Connect card earlier today. Um, and so if you would go ahead and pull that out, and this is a great time to um, finish filling this out, whether this is your first time here or you've been coming here for years, we'd love to be able to just connect with you and get to know you a little bit better. So if you could fill that out for us, and then we're going to receive an offering in just a minute, and um, you can just drop that right in there. So um, as I said, we're going to receive an offering. So if I could have the greeters come forward. And if you're new here at the JAR, we don't want you to feel any kind of pressure to give. Um, we're just more concerned about getting to know you today. But if the JAR is your church home, um, we just encourage you to um, let God lead you in how you would give today and just do it in a way that's joyful and that's generous. Um, if you would, please pray with me. God, I thank you for the message today, uh, reminding us to um, just slow down, Lord. And I pray that we would take it to heart. And I pray that... Um, today, as we slow down and we listen to you and we give, 
um, that you would use what we give to make an impact in our community, Lord, and that many people would be brought into a relationship with you. Amen. Well, if you are here for the first time today, or maybe you've been coming for a couple weeks and have not stopped by our guest connection table, which is right over there, um, Bronson's back there waving. You can um, stop by there on your way out today. He's got a free gift for you, no strings attached. He just wants you to uh, make you feel welcome here um, and help to answer any questions that you have about the jar. So we hope you'll stop by uh, Guest Connection today before you leave. And um, again, if you are new here, you might have some questions about this place. What is the jar all about? Why do they call it the jar? Who's this Chris guy that I just listened to talk? So if that's you, um, if you want to kind of learn more about us and get to know us better, then we want to invite you to a lunch. Um, It's called The First Step with Chris, and it's in two weeks on September 16th. It'll be right after the second celebration. Um, So we want to invite you to come to that. I'll be there. Chris will be there. And it's just a way for us to get to know you, and you can get to know us. We'll have child care. We'll provide lunch. Um, We'll be out of there in an hour, and it'll just be um, a really good time. Um, So that's uh, First Step with Chris on September 16th. And, you know, um, the jar, this place, one of the things that I really love about it is that we welcome and we love people who are broken and people who are imperfect. And um, that's all of us, right? If we're honest, we all have hurts, habits, and hang-ups that we struggle with. And so um, if you have anything going on in your life, maybe it's an addiction, maybe it's a divorce, um, an eating disorder, maybe you're going through depression, anything like that, We have a program called Celebrate Recovery, and it meets every week on Thursday night right here at the Y um, at 7 o'clock, and you can just show up, and it's completely anonymous, and it's a great way to just surround yourself with a group of people that will stand by you and support you and encourage you through those hurts, habits, um, and hang-ups that you might have. Well, at this time, I would like to invite our prayer team to come up to the front, and if there's anything today that um, you'd like some uh, prayer for personally in your life, You can come up and receive prayer, and um, we hope that uh, you have a great Sunday. Sam. You know, it, it doesn't seem to make sense, but it is true, folks, that when we slow down, we actually can accomplish more. And so this week, you might think about, you know, maybe I just need to say no. Maybe I need to turn off the noise. Maybe I need to put some more margin and space into my life. Or maybe I just need to know when enough is enough. And I pray that many of you really would brown bag it this week. That uh, people in your workplace would be like, what's up with that? And you could say, well, I just wanted to slow down my life a little bit uh, to connect with the God of the universe. And I pray that you'd do that. So have a uh, great Labor Day weekend. Know that you're loved in this place. If you could pick up your chair and uh, head that way, uh, that would help us out a lot. Thanks, everybody.